God, let us make a difference. Lord, help us to realize our God-given strength. The reason we're alive is to glorify God and to build His kingdom, not to build our kingdom. We are building His kingdom. See, I've seen some people that they've taken their life and their strength to build their kingdom. That's not what it's about, folks. We are to build the kingdom of God. And the Apostle Paul says, if God does allow me to live, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach some more. I want to win some more people to Jesus Christ before God takes me out. God, help us to be kingdom-minded. God, help us all to be kingdom-minded. Now, now watch this. Now I want you to see, he's got this dilemma. But as I stated at the beginning, if you can just have determination, you can make it through anything. The Apostle Paul was a determined man. A matter of fact, Paul understands the conflict in which he and the Christians in Philippi were engaged. So beginning in verse 27, he shares some essential facts with us to how we can win the battle. Verse 27. I want to read the first part of this. We'll just leave it up for a moment. It's a long scripture as you can see. We're going to go to about Christ and we're going to stop there. And then we'll go to the next. Above all... You must live as citizens of heaven. Did y'all hear that? Above all. That means this is the most important thing. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. So although we are residents in this old world, our citizenship is in heaven. Now, I'm a U.S. citizen. They're not going to send me back across the line. I, I'm supposed to be here. Everybody understand. I got a birth certificate that says Jimmy Purdue belongs in this world. But in my spiritual man, I'm a foreigner. In my spiritual man, this is a strange land. Because where I belong is not here. Where I belong is in heaven. This is just the dressing room getting me prepared to go to that place. Do you understand? So that's why God said don't get so comfortable in this world because it's not where you belong. You are passing through. Always make sure you remember even though we are residing on foreign soil. You heard me right. We think of foreign soil as Africa and across seas. No. This pulpit today right here where I am it is foreign soul. We need he says while you're here on this foreign soul you need to conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. In other words you need to live a life that is pleasing to God and show the world Jesus Christ through your life. Jump to John 15, 19 really quick. Kind of goes along with what I preached this morning. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He does only what He sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. There is this example that God says this is what He wants us to do. He wants us to pattern ourselves just like Jesus patterned Himself after God. The Bible says that we as Christians are to pattern ourselves after Christ. Do you see the resemblance here? So He is telling us we have got to make sure. Listen, so the Apostle Paul says, If I'm not going to die and I'm going to live, then I resolve to remain consistent in my conduct. Do you know that we would change, every one of us in this room, we would change if we knew we were dying? Does everybody agree with that thought? If you knew you were dying tonight when you went home, it doesn't matter if one of your kids disagreed with you, wanted to get into an argument, you would just wrap your arms around them and you would love them. You would hug them and say, baby, daddy loves you. 
If you knew you were about to die, you would not fuss with your spouse tonight. All you would do is shower kisses on them and say, Honey, I love you more than anything in the world. Everything would change. Your perspective would change. But can I tell somebody here tonight that life is so short that it, tonight could be it. We, we don't live our life like that and we don't want to think like that. But at the end of the day, Paul says we need to live and conduct ourselves in a consistent manner. What's the purpose in being consistent? Because Jesus may come today, He may come tomorrow, He may come a month from now. If I'm not living a consistent life, I'm not showing Jesus Christ in a consistent way to those that are away from God. He says the importance of your consistency in following Christ and being determined to live a life before them that will make them want to come to Jesus. He says we must be that way. So He says, let's go back to verse 27. So he says, here we are, above all, we're citizens in heaven, we're conducting ourselves in that manner. And look at the next part, the cooperation in service. I like this. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together, one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you see the power in this verse? The Apostle Paul was saying, what I need you to do is I need you to be like an athletic team. Do you, know, do you know that the church is like an athletic team? Does anybody know that? I was looking up some dates the other day. How many of you ever watched Michael Jordan play? Anybody like basketball? No basketball likers. I, I did like it when he played. The date was January the 16th, 1993. Michael Jordan is playing against a rookie, Shaquille O'Neal, the Orlando Magic. In that game, Michael Jordan would score 64 points. Now for some of you saying, well, I don't know what that means. Well, let's put it this way. Every basket you make equals two points. Unless you shoot a three-pointer, it's three points. That's a lot of points, all right? I'm just going to tell you. It's a lot of points. 64. But yet that night, and I used to call Jordan a, a, a ball hog, but he could get it done. The coach was saying, just get it to Jordan. Feed Jordan. Feed Jordan. But what they begin to understand is that if we don't get the team involved, he can't win this thing by himself. That night, he would score 64 points. Everybody is convinced. Jordan's on fire. He can't do anything wrong. They're surely going to win the game. But guess what happened that night? The final score is 128 to 124. Orlando Magic wins the game. See, Jordan scored 64 points. The team around him only scored 60. He scored more than the whole team and bench put together. Four points more. Unbelievable. It shows us this attribute in the church of God. If we are going to get anything done, we are going to have to get it done together. The Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, whether I live or whether I die, I don't care. But one thing I will know, I'll know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose. I will know that you are cooperating, trying to build the church of God with the unity that is inside of you. We can accomplish more together than we can individually. There's people that say, well, the pastor can do it. Or uh, one of the leaders can do it. Let me tell you, yes, they can. But we won't be as effective. If you take one man, you take one woman, and you say you do it all, yeah, they'll get some done, but they're not going to reach the world for Jesus Christ by themselves. 
It's when the body comes together in one mind, one spirit, and says, you know what our agenda is? Our agenda is furthering the kingdom of God. Our agenda is winning the loss for Him. Our agenda is inviting people to church. I told some of you, when you invited people to church the other week, listen, you did the right thing. All right? You threw seeds on the ground. Some of you told me, well, my people didn't come. That's fine. That's fine. You did your job. You sowed to them the good news of Jesus Christ. And can I say something to somebody tonight? Don't be discouraged. Those seeds that went into the ground, they're going to spring up. Do you hear what I'm telling you? There's going to be something happen in their life. They're going to run into you and they're going to say, man, I'm having a hard time. And you're going to be able to say, you know, you ought to come to the church. You know, or you're going to pray with them or you're going to say something encouraging and it's going to bring them back to where they should have been originally. Do never, never, never stop witnessing. It is time for the church to understand. The strength of the church is the Christian. And the strength of the Christian is the church. We need each other. God, give us a desire to grow your church. Put a consuming fire in us that will just gnaw away. The Apostle Paul says, I am convinced. I poured into you and I'm convinced that whether I come or whether I go, that the church is going to go on. Thank God that one man doesn't do it all. It's the body together that will grow the kingdom of God. And I want to show you one more thing before I close here. The courage in suffering. Verse 28. This is just interesting to me. He says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. But that you are going to be saved even by God Himself. Suffering is the Christian's calling. I want you to grab this. Listen closely. Suffering, excuse me, suffering is the Christian's calling. We are called to do it. We haven't had to do it much, but, but it's part of the Christian life. Read the, new, the, the early church, the first church. It was a part of their everyday life, suffering. So while suffering is the Christian's calling, and this is what is mind-boggling to me, it is also the Christian's gift. How many of you like getting gifts? All right. If I had to come in here tonight and handed you a gift, it'd have been like a, a brand new, I don't know, brand new suit. Who likes wearing suits? Ernie likes wearing suits. I brought you. Wouldn't you have been happy over that gift? Man, that's nice. Can you imagine that God in the scriptures and Paul is telling us when you suffer, it's like God handing you a gift and saying, Here, buddy. I mean, who wants that? Who wants to suffer? Who wants to be beaten? Who wants to be in jail like the Apostle Paul? But he says this is a gift from God. Just as the ability to believe in Christ is a gift, just like salvation is a gift from God, the ability to suffer for Christ is a gift from God. In the early church, and you can read it in Acts, so you don't think, I, or, uh, so you don't think I'm crazy. But in Acts, this is what they said. They got beat with, with the whips, all right? They send them out for preaching the gospel. When they get back to the people, what do you think they said? Man, I'm going to tell you what, this serving Jesus is rough now. I'm going to tell you. I just don't think I can take this anymore. The Bible says that they go to the other side. They say, man, whoo, we count. Our, we count it joy. We are praising God that we were counted worthy to suffer for Him. 
Now, to us, that seems really demented. But my God, the Apostle Paul tells us, you've got to have courage in the face of suffering. Do not be intimidated by your enemies in any way. When the devil comes to you, when people come against you, talk about you, say all manner of things against you falsely, you do not allow that to intimidate you. He said, you stand your ground. This will be a sign to them that they are going to lose and you are going to win. My God Almighty. I was reading the other day in the book of, of Matthew where he told them, he said, there's going to come a time that they're going to present you to the kings and the rulers. They're going to bring you before the authorities. He said, it's in that time they're going to do it because you're following me. Alright? You must suffer for my name's sake. He said, they're going to bring you before these authorities. But this is what he said. He said, don't take no thought what you are going to say. For in that moment, the Holy Ghost, my God, is going to start speaking for you and through you. My God, somebody, you don't understand. There's joy in suffering. It is, it is. Watch, watch, watch. God help us. There's benefits. I'm going to show you three of them. And I'm going to close. Verse 28. Let's go. All right. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege. Y'all see that word, right? Privilege. The honor, the, the worthiness of suffering for Him. Suffering provides something for me. It provides assurance of our salvation. A true believer will persevere in suffering. And the fact that we are able to endure a trial gives us assurance that we belong to Jesus Christ. When we make it through that suffering, we know that we're His disciples. There's a love between us that we were willing to do something like that for Jesus Christ. We're willing to do it because He did it for us. But at the same time, it frustrates the enemies of God. It frustrates people that are anti-church. It frustrates the devil himself. Whenever It frustrates the world. It frustrates the devil when we just say, you know what? I belong to Jesus Christ. You can talk about me. You can cause me to suffer. But I know I have an assurance in my salvation. Jesus died for me and because He was willing to do that for me I'm willing to do this for him listen I want to make the devil mad don't you he said just stand your ground and don't allow him to intimidate you and when you do that he knows he's lost you're not intimidated verse 29 as we hurry along for you have been verse 29 for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ but also the privilege of suffering with him Suffering does something else. It ensures that if I suffer with Christ, I will gain a reward or a prize with Christ. In other words, if I can go through, there is a special crown, the Apostle Paul said, that is reserved for you in heaven. James 1.12, let me show it to you. This is what James said. He said, God blesses those who patiently endure. This is determination. Endure testing and even temptation. Afterward, they, afterward, did y'all hear that? Afterward, you got to go through it in order to get it. He says, afterward, they will, no if, ands, and buts, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. When you go through this fiery trial, suffering ensures that there is going to be an eternal reward for us one day. Not only that, but suffering amplifies our witness. That means it increases our witness. When we suffer, it makes us a better witness. It is our life. If our purpose is to glorify Jesus Christ, then suffering only amplifies the message that comes from our mouth. 
Thank God that Paul was willing to die. He was willing to die so that Christ could be glorified. Somebody endured cancer and they're a survivor today in order to glorify Jesus Christ. See, we suffer so that we can have a testimony of God's grace and love and God's power in our life. So when you go through things and you suffer, and people are looking at you, you ever had people, I've heard people say, I don't know how in the world they're dealing with that. I don't know how they're, they're still holding their head up. What you've just done is amplified your testimony to where people see you and think, my God, what a great God we serve. He gave them the strength to do it. He's going to give me the strength to do it. Verse 30, as we close, as Sandra comes on to the piano, we, I love this verse, we are in this struggle together. Paul said, you have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst or the middle of it in plain English. Paul says, you are not the only one suffering. He says, take courage that we are in this struggle together. You know, I love the family of God because when we get this thing right, if we can just get it right, that's the hard part, but if we can get it right, when you suffer, I suffer. If we can get it right, the Bible way, love of God, like I preached this morning, if we can ever get that right, when you're struggling, I'm struggling. When you are climbing up a mountain, it's as if I feel the weight of the world because I'm wanting to help you climb up that mountain too. If we don't have it right, then we really don't care what other people go through just as long as our life's good. But if we can get it right, we begin to feel one another's pain. And then we like the Apostle Paul who's sitting in chains. He says, listen, I'm not the only preacher in chains. I'm not the only preacher that's been locked up for preaching the gospel. There's other of y'all. And I want you to know that we are in this struggle together. We're fighting the same battle. We're serving the same cause. To glorify the King of glory. The Bible says in verse 22, I want to take you back there. 21, for me... Living means living for Christ and dying is even better. The Apostle Paul came to a place where my title tonight, you can go back there. The title is simply this. He got to a place that he had the joy of not caring anymore. He got to a place that when he weighed these dilemmas and he sees the determination in his spirit, the suffering he's went through, he knows God's going to bless him for it. He weighs these dilemmas and then he comes to this explanation. You know what? I don't care if I live or if I die. Either way, Jesus wins. <laughs> Paul is basically saying, whatever God wants is fine with me. I really don't care. Because in the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear a crown too. In the end, I'm going to be in heaven in the end, victory's mine. But pastor, you don't understand what they've done to me. It doesn't matter. But pastor, you don't know the struggle that our family's going through right now. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, God's got this. God has got this. 
If you've prayed and if you've entrusted to Him and you're going through a season internally suffering over your children, suffering over your job, suffering over your body, whatever it is today, I want you to understand this. You don't have to care. Because God is going to do the caring for you. Cast all your care on me because I care for you. It's a joyful place to be where Paul is. In chains. And he says, I really don't care anymore. If I am in God's will, if I stay humble and pray and just do my thing, all right, just preach this glorious gospel, live the best I know to live, treat people as good as I can, I don't really care what happens. Because I've come to the conclusion of the Apostle Paul. Guess what? God's in control of it all. Either way, if you're a child of God, you're going to be a winner. All that we could all be like the Apostle Paul. Can I get an amen? 2 Timothy 4. Let me leave you with this. Last letter Paul ever wrote was to Timothy this is his dying testimony. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. That means I have given God all of myself. I have given God from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I've sold out to Him. The time of my death is very near. They say you can tell when death is near. You just kind of feel it. The Apostle Paul knew it's about over. It's coming. I'm right there on the brink. He says, but I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. That's so important right there. Through suffering, through persecution, my determination, I have remained faithful. Verse 7, here we go. Verse 8 rather. He says, and now the prize awaits me. The crown, just like James said, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day of His return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. The joy of not caring. <laughs> because in the end, the Christian always wins. They always come out on top. David looked around and said, Lord, I don't understand. My neighbors are wicked and they're prospering. God says, David, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got this. Because in the end, if the wicked don't repent, they're going to go to hell. But David, your reward is going to be so much better, buddy. Don't set your affection on the temporal things. You need to start looking for the eternal things. That's heaven. I'm a foreigner here. I'm going to a better land. Does anybody want to spend some time in prayer tonight? Does anybody want to come and let's just spend time in prayer together tonight? Just say, God, I'm yours. God, I am yours. Listen, tell, tell the devil, I don't care tonight. I don't care. You can fight me all you want. Because of God, I have the joy of not having to care. I'm just giving it to Jesus. He's going to take care of me. Let's all come and pray. Sing, sing one for me, buddy, will you? My God Almighty, cast your care on Jesus tonight, church. Cast your burden on Jesus. Cast your worries on Jesus. He cares for you. Woo!